0: Hello and welcome to the E equals MC squared of running. I'm Maggie Cooper and this podcast is about running and a little bit of science. And today, guess what? We've got a little bit of science. I want to talk to you a little bit about injuries in uh, adolescent uh, athletes, because I thought this was quite an interesting topic. We've got quite a lot of young athletes in our club, um, you know, sort of um, 11-year-olds, for example, who, um, you know, are pre-puberty, and um, I was particularly interested in, you know, thinking about their development as they go forward. You know, will we see them just making that steady progression as they go through, like, under 13s, under 15s, under 17s, and all the way up through through the system, or will we see, for example, maybe a decline in um, the performance as um, people um, hit um, adolescence? And were there other uh, factors involved um, in you know people's um, performance, especially as they they go through adolescence, that might be important? And I just happened to across um, an article um, which is in um, the Scandinavian. just a minute, Scandinavian Journal of Medicine and Science in Sport. And it's by a guy called um, Eric Wick. He's the lead author. Um, And this article is particularly um, looking at injuries in adolescent athletes. But before um, I talk about that, I just wanted to say about why I was kind of interested in it or one of the things that led to me being interested in this. I remember reading, I can't even remember where I read it, some some book I read many years ago about, um, oh, it was, it was probably something like a Malcolm Gladwell book or something like that. I don't think it's even a particularly a running book. And it talked about um, the fact that, I think it was something like the Canadian ice hockey team. If you look at um, the, the, um the birth um, birthdays of um the the members of the Canadian ice hockey team. Um most of them have birthdays between January, February, March, those 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 early months in the year. And um they surmised that the reason for that was because um at the crucial points when people have been picked for those teams or to go on to the next level, um the the year begins in January, so if you are born on the first of January, then you are the oldest in in that year. And as you, especially as a male, um, you, you know, grow bigger and stronger um, and be more competent at. Ice hockey because of your strength and size, not necessarily because of your technique. Whereas if you're born the thirty first of December, you have that one year disadvantage, and you may be smaller, not as strong, and therefore not appear as competitive, even though you might have very good technical ability. And um, a year later, you're better than those who are um, a, a day, um, sorry, a, a, almost a whole year uh, younger, uh, older than you, rather. So. It, it's not very fair. So you don't you don't get many people um, sort of progressing through because what happens is you get selected to do that sport because you're good at it, um, or you are encouraged because you're good at it, um, and then. Um, it, it, they don't people don't take into account that actually you're quite young for your your age group or or whatever um or that you, you haven't grown too quickly or, or whatever like that and i think um i feel it particularly from my own not personal point of view because i um i was i was okay i think particularly being female and being young and light actually i had perhaps had the opposite advantage but my brothers um they took a long time to develop and when they got to that i, I think in those days it was called youth or something like that I, I'm not sure what age group that was maybe under 15 or under under 17 the the boys that they were competing against were twice the size of them and literally it just wasn't a fair race because they there's no way they could keep up I remember watching the uh, national cross country championships um this um was winter and there was one boy who was who was much smaller than the others um who did it incredibly well, I think he came second um and I thought of my brothers but um my brothers weren't as quick as that that boy he seemed he obviously very, really very good as he grows he may well um find that he's he's super super quick um because the others around him were much larger so that your sort of your rate of growth or how quickly you mature as an athlete um may actually um mean that you get better coaching or you're selected for um, such and such a team or you're encouraged more or, um, you know, the, the, you, you definitely have some um, advantage. But maybe, you know, for example, if you think you know, you're going to be selected for a regional team or something like that, that would really spur you on. But if you you um, didn't get selected basically because you're a little bit uh, weaker um, or not, not as tall or whatever as your uh, fellow athletes, then uh, you could see how you could... Um, maybe get a little bit disillusioned or, or whatever so and I think it is it, even, even in athletics I think it's important I think in athletics it's not quite so bad because you're not getting selected for a team in the same way people um, you know we train as a group and we um, we make a really big effort not to just focus on those who are the fastest but to be very very inclusive that's one thing I really like about our sort of method of training and we we split people into groups based on their ability in general and uh, we encourage those who are not as quick just as well as we encourage those who are quick so and, and I think particularly in our in our setting I don't think that we we see that where you have this sort of advantage just because you're older in your year group but certainly in other sports that, that does happen and I say particularly um, I think like I say for my brothers the male athletes they certainly um, suffer from um, if they're late developers so that was kind of where my interest came from was more about well what happens as you Go through the um, puberty, and I was thinking particularly about the the girls as well as they go through puberty we, we often see sort of a sort of stagnation of performance if you look at results often you'll see um, that's sort of, for example this weekend there was um, an open meeting which some of the girls from the club were performing in the the under thirteen girls were running about two twenty two two twenty three something like that for eight hundred meters whereas the next age group up. They were running like 228, 230, something like that. So the the older girls, the under 15 girls who were going through um, puberty were slower than their counterparts who were younger. So I think that's interesting. And often you you see that. If you look at results, you see the younger ones are going faster than the older ones um, in these middle distance events, certainly. So what will happen then? What will happen to these athletes as they go through adolescence and what um, factors should we as uh, coaches particularly be looking out for so this article I thought was in- interesting because it talked about injury and um, and and th- th- even even there's kind of a way that you might be able to predict, p- sorry predict or rather in uh, whether somebody might get injured or not so in this particular study, um, it's called skeletal maturation and growth rates are related to bone and growth plate injuries in adolescent athletics. And I didn't know what um, what a growth plate injury was, so I had to look that up. But it seems that as you as you grow um, as a as a, um, a child and into adolescence, um, you know you the ends of your bones those um, are are very susceptible to be injured. So the the bits like where your um, arm um, joints at the um, at the wrist, or um, you know your leg joints at the ankle. Those those parts are very susceptible to, to fracture um, or um, damage in in some way. And if that's not um, looked after sort of straight away, then you can end up with. Um, like a, like a, maybe like a shoulder twisted or out of place or some out of position and obviously that's you really don't want that you certainly don't want that on your legs when you're a runner um so there's risk of these types of injuries um are, you know obviously because th- those as you're growing those bits those are weaker the, the end of the bones are weaker so those are bits where there's l- less possibility of having an injury and that's the that's called the growth growth plate is that bit at the end of the bones so i had to look that up because i didn't know um so the um the study unfortunately this study they only looked at boys which i think is um a real shame but anyway it's, it's still good for what it is and they uh, looked prospectively over four seasons of these guys um running now they weren't specialists at the age when they started i think if i'm not mistaken the athletes were um were relatively speaking young um and they hadn't they were sort of, sort of they tried to get them as they went through adolescence so that they that the boys you know particularly if you've if you've got any if you've got sons you'll know this i was speaking to somebody today and said, comparing notes on the fact that their the, the shoe size that they'd got shoes and then no the sooner they got the shoes than they had outgrown the shoes because, you know, the feet grow suddenly and then they shoot up suddenly. And so that, that, that growth, that sudden growth spurt that you get, um, that, um, is is significant um so what this group did was they looked at um the, the the stature of the um the boys um how tall they were they also looked at like things like the the length of the the limbs and they also looked at um the x-ray x-ray use x-rays to look at skeletal maturity so by the time they get to about 18 they should be um the skeleton should be mature and then you know, you know the risks are just like like um an adult or whatever but you're not saying there aren't any risks of injury but if you've gone through that whole sort of risky period so the the number of athletes um who get injured or of this age it's adolescents uh each season is about six out of ten of them get injured so like more than half of them get injured and um the question i guess is is, is why and is there anything we can do um to, to prevent that happening uh, or can we kind of predict which ones are going to get injured or um maybe modify training based on some risk factors so um the previous studies that have been done um but they were very kind of inconclusive the studies didn't necessarily um uh, no, not necessarily done as well as they could have been done and maybe biased towards certain um, results so some might say well you've got a higher risk or a lower risk in these type, different types of cases but anyway these guys were they they, they it was great because they kind of Followed them for these four seasons, so they were able to get like, really uh, perspective data rather than maybe like more anecdotal or um, you know, not not so uh, clean data I guess so I, I, th- I think this is a quite, kind of quite a good study so um, the the thing that was interesting is that the, you have those growth spurts, so that 's the growth rate now the growth rate was a predictive factor in injuries so if you um, have a sudden growth spurt then your risk of injury was increased and i guess in a way it makes sense if you think those bones are growing they're lengthening and then the ends of the bones we know the ends of the bones are uh, softer or not or not as um mature um because obviously it's it's kind of like you think about like a tree growing or something like that I guess you know um the end of the branch is it's a bit it's not as not as hard as the the main bit of the branch so it's a bit like that so the the these these um what's called growth plate injuries were increased um, when there was some sort of growth spurt. Now I think that that's very very interesting because I think that that is something that we could do something about because if we could see an athlete suddenly shooting up then maybe you when know, we, we think oh that's great you know they're actually maturing or whatever and they're getting they're going to get quicker they've got longer legs or whatever but there may be um, a good reason to lighten their training load at that point, I would say, because we know that their risk of injury is also increased during that time. And what you don't want is to be in a situation where you've sort of overloaded that athlete and then they break down and then they um, are not able to, to compete and achieve their goals. It's better, it would be better to just rein back a bit, even at the expense of them um, performing to a higher standard, because that may. Prevent an injury occurring. So, long term benefits, even if they're short term, you might be um, needing to um, lighten the load a little bit. So, you know, similarly, they found that um, there were fewer of these um, growth plate injuries as the Skeleton neared maturity, and I guess again I think that makes sense. I think there's the the skeleton is getting stronger. um, It's got less chance of having um, some sort of injuries. So um, I think that that is um you know make makes sense well they, they also talked about things like um body mass or body mass index and that type of thing and that that didn't really seem to be um predictive they, they said in some other studies um that, that had been a factor but they also said that those were not necessarily af- athletes they were um, team team sports players and I think that there are differences you know uh, you know if if um you know, you're you're more bulky or something like that. Maybe maybe different in different sports, or maybe in a way, you know, athletes t- tend not to get so so bulky. So uh, maybe it isn't. Um, maybe it's just not really an important factor. So the the conclusions that they made from this study are kind of quite similar to what I've just um, said. Is that you know, there's nothing that we can do about um, the growth spurt of a, a young athlete. There's nothing that you can do. It's that it's going to happen. But I think that um, we can think about how we manage their their load. Uh, it, it, obviously, there's 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 not, there's no data to talk about this and say you know how much you need to change the activity by or whatever. But I think at least having um, an understanding that this is a risk factor as they as people go through adolescence um, is important. Also, what I'm not sure about, and it doesn't really go into at all in the paper, is, say, about female athletes and whether it's the same risk factors. Because fem- female athletes, they or females, not just female athletes, females um, develop more quickly. So the boys may mature through, um, say, 13, 14, 15, that, that sort of age. Um, the girls may mature through um, uh, 11, 12, 13, um, typically. I, I mean also there's other things like what about, um, you know, uh, female athletes with um, delayed periods because they're doing a lot of exercise. You know, that is quite, quite common. And, and what effect that might have on your, say, your bone strength. Um, other, I think with female athletes, there are just so, so many other factors um, in there. But I think that when whether it's a male or female athlete, if you were seeing that, Growth spurt. I think we do need to be careful about how much load we put on those athletes, and maybe maybe it would be a good idea to think about reducing that load at that time, um, just for the athletes overall. Um, well-being, they probably object. I know what their kids are like. It's like I don't want to stop training. I want to carry on. I'm not saying stop training. I'm just saying light, lighten, lighten the load a bit. And those, I think, particularly things like mileage and stuff like that, you really have to think carefully about. And and I think that in some senses, you know, I I, I think it's funny that you know in the past. I was able to run 10,000 metres under 17, um, girl, and, you know, some because of that, I kind of hold, hold the record, apparently, for um, under 17 UK, um, 10,000 metres um, record. So it's a strange thing, because I know lots and lots and lots of athletes who've subsequently come along could easily run that fast, but you're not allowed yeah, athletics body will not allow the under-17s to run 10,000 metres on the track anymore. And I think that that is because, you know, they see that, you know, if you were trying to train properly for 10,000 metres, you'd put a lot of load on the young skeleton and it's not a good idea. So we should probably be mindful of that. You know, I think that's, although I think it's kind of, sometimes I think it's crazy because um, you know, I kind of uh, seem to um, just historically have been the fastest recorded at that that distance when others could have run faster but actually I think it probably is a good thing that they stopped um athletes running certain distances like the I think under third, under 11s or under 13s they can only run like 1200 meters on the on the track it's probably a good idea because you're you don't want to have to do the training for that much load on your body when you when you're that young so what well, I used to think was crazy even now I think maybe there's something in it so yeah so I think, that, I think that's interesting. I think that's a a, a good a nice lesson um, there on um, on something to, that we can actively do as coaches to be watching out for because we don't want six out of ten of our athletes having injuries each season. I hope you found that interesting too um, and that's all I've got time for this week. I hope that you'll join me uh, again next week for another episode of the e equals MC squared of running. Bye for now.